So, yeah, I collect headphones doing what we okay. do. I have, yeah. uh, you, in the old shot, you used to be able to see uh, the coat rack. I mean, <laughs> one of them's the VR headset, but then it was like headphones, 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 headphones. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I get those are fancy, but like this is just yeah. stereo headphones, and these are probably the nicest pair of headphones that I own. And they have an hey. analog jack. Yeah, these are um, the. It's the Steel Series Arctis Pro. I spent mm-hmm. like three hundred dollars on them, and they are really good. Um, yeah, like I said, they're ninety six kilohertz, twenty twenty four bit. They're high high res, but I just have some issues with them. Like the the mic picks them up if they're too loud, and um, yeah, the surround on them isn't great. But uh, yeah. yeah, you said there's a fix for that. I don't know how the Dolby Atmos. Um, I bought the plug-in because they have it on the Xbox too, and so okay. when I have little earplugs plugged in uh, to the headphone jack, the mm-hmm. Dolby Atmos plug-in for fifteen dollars is simulating surround sound. Okay, and yeah. it works pretty well. I can hear things okay. behind me. I can hear. Yeah. But Windows it... has a really weird place you have to go to in the old control panel to turn mm-hmm. on that function. Once you have okay. the Dolby Atmos plugin, which you buy in the Microsoft Store, yeah, and um, and it just uh, it shuts off every now and again. But okay. I have it I have it now yeah. turned on for all of my headphones, and okay, it works cool. it works pretty well for fifteen bucks. So you just get I'm a nice pair of stereo headphones. I mean, I like these. If I can fix these, I'd rather keep keep, keep these because the sound quality is really really great. I like these. Um, Haven't you already it's swapped just, yeah, them? Like, Sorry, what? Have you already swapped them? Swapped them? Yeah, you had them repaired. Uh yeah. Um, that's. I. I think that was kind of my fault, though. Kind of. I. I. So like, they were they they were plugged in, and I tried to leave my desk while they were still plugged in. I didn't take. I just. I forgot to take the them off, and it yanked, and it's sort of yeah. It it it. It kind of ruined the sound a little bit. It's well, yeah, com- well, completely. The everything went is, everything dead. should have MagSafe. You know, uh, yeah. I do that with the power adapter on my laptop all the time, mm-hmm. and it's not MagSafe. And the jack now is all weird and bent, and uh, okay. everything. I'm I'm the same way. Everything should have MagSafe, yeah. but yeah, I mean. It is a really good um, headset. Like I, I really do like it. Um, it's just, but yeah, I, I did have to get a a a a replacement pair sent sent to me, which was okay. It was a pain in the ass, but like, uh, yeah, no, I did. It was fine. I kind of collect headphones. Um, By the way, hello everyone. Welcome hi. to the podcast of the nerds. My name is Jack. I'm Ian. Um. Jack, so you know that uh, my buddy, my my doctor buddy, who I call about, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, doctor <laughs> stuff. Have I talked about that on the podcast before? Not on the the podcast, but but we talked about it quite re- recently. So freshman year of college, um, I noticed that. So I was nineteen years old because um, I had a college misfire. I went to a uh, school called Al Collins Commercial Art College. And weirdly, mm-hmm. that didn't work out. Um, although you can't tell by a title, but sometimes you can tell by a title. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can tell something by a title. Um, and I think that school got closed down for being a pyramid scheme or something. But anyway, um, 
freshman year of college, I had three classes with one person, and he was this loud, gregarious, um, sat in the front row in every class. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was the a couple of days into the first week when I realized I had three classes with him. I just um, sat down next to him. I said, hey, I mean, we have three classes together. We should be friends. And he was like, uh, oh, okay. And that was uh, 23 years ago, and we've been friends since then. See, that's how, that's how simple making a friend should yeah, be. But yeah. it seldom is, though. Um, well, yeah. And, yeah. and now, yeah, I mean, we had that shared... We had a lot in common. I mean, there were, or rather, very right up front, we had a lot in common. And you know, I thought that just kind of um, going up to and and uh, uh, being that straightforward uh, represented a sort of innocence that mm-hmm. you know, in 1999, could uh, seem charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that, my friend Carl later, uh, about halfway through school, decided he wanted to go to medical school. And has since become uh, a family doctor. And I can't tell you how awesome it is Mm -hmm. to have... (laughs) And I mean, you know, uh, there's the people that you would tell anything to that, you know, if someone at the drop of a hat, you know, they'd show up and be there and and all of that. And I have a pretty good circle of those type of people that... that, Mm -hmm. I'm deeply intimate and close to and all that. But I like mm-hmm. Carl, Ryan, you, Lonnie, you yeah. know, that's like the, I, I don't know. There's yeah. the, the people that the I spend 18. the most, yeah, the 18, the people I spend the most amount of time talking to, the people that mm-hmm. um, I sort of uh, um, have the most in common with or I'm most similar to or whatever it is. I don't know how, how you define mm-hmm. that. I hate the term like best friend because, you know, uh, there are a lot of well, people I love. Have- See, that's the thing. I, I think you can have several best friends or as many as you want. I don't think that's yeah. reserved for just one well, person. Well, yeah, I, that, that part doesn't bother me. But, um, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, I can't tell you what it's like to be able to just text the weirdest, most random medical crap. And, like, <laughs> no boundaries. Just, uh, yeah. I, uh, I see, I have a boundary in saying on this podcast some of the stuff that i've texted him with just the well, word of what was happening <laughs> and a question well no i've told you um and a question mark and wherever he's doing whatever he's doing he takes it completely mm-hmm. serious oh hey buddy yeah that's got to be uncomfortable yeah. you want to do this you want to do that you want to yeah. try this so forth yeah so recently um uh he says uh hey how much do you like being able to text me randomly about <laughs> problems with your body? Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, it's like one of my favorite things. He's like, all right, it's mm-hmm. time to pay up. I want to get into cryptocurrency. Teach me how to do it. <laughs> and he's like the least, um, I mean, of the people in that circle I mentioned previously, he's the least tech person, uh, mm-hmm. techno person, techno comfortable person in that group. So that's yeah. that's not a small undertaking, but uh, I've I've tried to I've now mined some Ethereum and um, uh, figured out cryptocurrency and gotten it installed and and have um, mm-hmm. done some of that myself, um, all in the name of 
being able to explain to my medical text hookup <laughs> how to do cryptocurrency uh, him, uh, himself. However, yeah. uh, he got bored, mm-hmm. and he uh, he texts me says, "So I think I bought a boat." Which I love that my, one of my life's greatest <laughs> bottoms is common <laughs> vernacular for. Uh, it's- it's Unless, like a meme amongst your, yeah, your friends now. <laughs> everyone, like everyone, pretty much knows what that is, knows what that is, and it's not that they just say it to me. Like they are now incorporating. It. I think I bought a boat, and I said, "Okay, what is it?" And he sends me this photograph. Uh, he bought a server. Whoa! With six graphics cards in it. <laughs> off, so he went from zero to a hundred real quick. Off Etsy. Oh. <laughs> graphics card off etsy like the only thing no no worse a would be server getting... off etsy oh. so he sends me the link to this this woman's uh etsy store it has 10 mm-hmm. reviews and it sells uh a crypto mining server um a painting of a ballerina and handmade blankets <laughs> At least it wasn't Wish. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Did he, because I mean, Wish would just send send you a fake server with a bunch of like 2080s that are really 10, uh, 1050s or something. Yeah. <coughs> well, he sends this to me and says, look, I was up late. I'd had an old fashioned. I got a little tipsy and I happened to impulse buy an $8,000 crypto mining server on the internet. $8,000? <laughs> what? And that's 8000 US? Oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, he's a doctor. It's going to take a while before he see, sees a profit on that. Jesus it's, Christ. It's, it's so funny how, um, you know, everyone everyone kind of like, I'm not shaming him. Yeah, no, I've, no, I bought a $20,000 boat. Like, yeah. uh, that I, uh, and but he can afford this I don't want to say mistake because that sounds judgy, but he he can afford this impulse. Um, it's okay to call it a mistake. It's okay because well, it time will is. time will tell. Time True. will tell. I mean, he can turn a profit. It's just gonna take a long this gonna, time. This is gonna take a little bit of time, or um, yeah. uh, the Ethereum market goes crazy, which you know could happen. I mean, it too. already has, and it's stabilized now, right? Because there was that big boom a while ago, and now it's stabilized. I think. Well, I, I mean, don't know. I, I haven't gotten into crypto mining yet. I want to, but I just haven't. Uh, into it my other so friend that. Ryan, who is also prone to these kinds of things, uh, tried to get me into uh, Bitcoin mm-hmm. way back yeah. in the day, and now Bitcoin's at yeah. fifty thousand. But there were points yeah. when Bitcoin was twelve hundred, and then it's four dollars, and then you know yeah. yada yada yada. Now the market yeah. is stabilized at whatever it is. So mm-hmm. you never know. I, you know what? Right. You never know. And if you have the money. To do this kind of thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, like I'm not it's not it's not really the money. It's the adorableness to me of the middle of the night. I had a couple yeah. of old fashions and uh, impulse bought <laughs> a crypto mining server off of Etsy. <laughs> I'm just trying to think I don't think I've had a boat yet, have I? I don't think, think I've bought a boat yet. Yeah. The 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 the, the boats are more uh, to me the uh <laughs> A boat is not specifically about terrible financial decisions because everyone mm-hmm. makes ter- oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah, everyone makes terrible yeah. financial decisions. 
to me, uh, it's a terrible fina- financial solution that is a s- the wrong solution to a problem you don't know you have. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like whether yeah. that's extreme boredom or insecurity or an identity issue or whatever. For me, it was like I was deeply depressed and didn't know it, and uh, was just trying to wipe the slate over and over again. But slate. Right. Can't wipe the slate when you are the slate. I might have gone a little over, overboard with action figures late, late, lately. I've um, so I don't know if you guys have it, but over here we have this thing called Afterpay that allows you to split payments into four fortnightly pay- payments, and um, they also have this thing where it's like. Oh, there's nothing to pay right right now. You can start paying next fortnight. So I'm like, oh, great, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I've uh, for the next like a month or two, I've got like two hundred dollars I have to pay out to Afterpay every for, for fortnight, which well, is we have. Ext- I mean, I can afford it. I'm not starving or anything. That and it's... that's the thing is like I know Carl can afford this, and he wouldn't be too mm-hmm. embarrassed about me sharing this story right. because. Um, He's having fun, and I think that right. um, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I just thought it was so adorable, uh, right. and I love the idea of like having to trade explaining <laughs> cryptocurrency to him so that I can keep texting him like, what's wrong with my toenail? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> in you a would... country that doesn't have socialized free health care, I yeah. can imagine that would be very helpful. It's pretty nice. Uh, sorry, I'm yeah. going to adjust the size of your video window here slightly because you're a little too small for my taste. There we go. That's um, what she said? So, Jack, uh, that was a <laughs> yeah. little bit of a longer story than I had meant to get into. What are we doing on the uh-huh. podcast today? Well, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. Now that we're almost a quarter of the way through the year, I mean, better late than never, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we're going to watch. We are going to watch and react to the Suicide Squad trailer and have a little chat about the state of the DC EU. Um, All right. Yeah. Such such as it is. Yes, um, such as such as yeah. Well, what about, what about you? What have you been up to this week? I've been quite busy, Ian. Um, I've edited a few podcasts for Chip Chipperish Media, and that's been so much fun. And I'm not exaggerating; it's been fun. It's been a lot of work. Like yeah. like you and I did like a four hour work session the other day, and um, I my brain was mush yeah. afterwards. But it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's a little different to the stuff I'm used to editing and it's, there's more, there's a little more creative freedom in it, I guess, kind of, than I'm used to, kind of. I mean, I'm not boxed in with like the Patreon re- re- readings and stuff than they edit. Um, but yeah, um, it was also my mother's birthday yet yesterday. She just turned 58. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. She, she might watch this. I'm not sure. But if you are mom, happy birthday. Um, so the other day I had some flowers and chocolates sent out to uh, her, which is nice. Um, she called me all, all happy and teary about it. And, you know, that was a nice feeling, you know, just to make someone's day and to make someone happy, you know, especially my, my, uh, mother. Um, I also started watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is, you know, like at this point I've only seen one episode. Um, I think episode two is out. 
It no, is, I and it, I, uh, from what I've seen, it's the one where you really like the possibilities of the show really seem like they start to get going. Right. Yeah, because that's sort of how I felt about episode one. I was like, yeah, this is fun, but I don't know. There's not much to it. I heard it was basically a prologue to what the series is actually going to be. Um, Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's just... It was fine, but there just wasn't a lot to sink your teeth into, you know? Um, But, you know, Ian, I'm I'm kind of concerned that WandaVision has ruined me for the MCU (laughs) in general. Because... That show was just so good and so heartfelt and meaningful that I feel like everything's just going to pale in comparison now. Well, I finished um, Thor Ragnarok last night, which is the last (laughs) That's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I watched it in 3D. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, the ones that I actually really want to watch for the characters and all of that... I prefer to watch on television, but uh, the okay. ones in 3D, like um, Thor The Dark World, are mm. are more fun in 3D, where it's like the ride aspect of it. You know, I don't love Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, but we wa- I, I really watched- do. Lonnie has uh, a VR headset as well. Mm-hmm. So we did... No, it's the nerdiest thing I've ever done with a woman, ever. <laughs> okay. Ever. Okay. We uh both we sat in bed mm-hmm. and we both put on our VR headsets mm-hmm. and we three two one played Doctor Strange in three D while holding hands that's in great. bed and watching oh, uh, that's so cute. the movie. That's and so it's cute. the most I ever enjoyed uh Doctor yeah. Strange. The two sections in that the uh so- the bit where she knocks him out of his astral or his astral body out of his physical body and he does that quick yeah. like journey through space yeah. and time in 3D yeah. is shockingly cool. It okay. is yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's a beautiful section on screen. Yeah. But with the depth and the the dimensions and the tunnels and all mm-hmm. of that, it is yeah. astonishing. Right. And then okay. the bit with Dormammu at the end in 3D mm-hmm. where... 3D movies have this, uh, have like a weird kind of, especially um, post-converted 3D has this, have this weird like tilt shift effect Mm -hmm. where things, where it looks like you're looking at a diorama. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, once I hit on that, I I realized I used to love dioramas when I was a kid. There's something magic Mm -hmm. about looking inside a box at like that setting in there, like thinking about the world living inside of the box. And that mm. thing, once I thought about started thinking of 3D movies that way, I've kind of started to enjoy 3D movies more. Okay. Um, thinking of them as dioramas or or whatever. Mm. But um, the tilt shift, tiny everything looks tiny effect actually worked mm. really well for the Dormammu section okay. at the end of that movie, because yeah. Doctor Strange is about an inch high and Dormammu is a several yeah. several stories. Um, yeah. And that is heightened by the 3D. And all of the little cells okay, connecting okay. and all of that looked incredible. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I want to ask you, though, did you find a new appreciation for the film? Or, no, you still don't like it? Well, well Lonnie and I talked about it. She mm-hmm. really likes Do- Doctor Strange. I um, love it. Yeah. And we talked about... I'm worried that I actually made the movie worse for her, which is never what I want. I don't want that experience. I want, mm-hmm. you know, I want it. I want to have more fun. I don't want to make yeah. someone else have less fun. 
Right. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm not gonna restart my problems with the movie. Because uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I remember a while ago, you and I. This was actually quite a while ago. Now you. You said one of the things you, you didn't like about it was there was no moment where Strange chooses to be a hero. I rewatched it, and that moment is in there, my friend. It yeah. is in there. I mean, I, 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 I would have to think about it. Um, yeah. I just feel no emotional connection to him whatsoever. See, I do. Like, right. like being being a disabled person, I, I related to that whole loss of function and you know well that's um, something i talked about in the coffee video for listening to fear and that's something mm -hmm. i love is when people come along and leave comments on buffy videos that i didn't get anything out of and are like well because this something happened to me in my life um i really connected with buffy in this episode or whatever and yeah. it's like great i wish that i had that um connection too and i get it and yeah. i i've had yeah, stuff like that I'm sure I've had stuff like that as well, where there's just an experience in the movie that's so... I mean, Her is a good example, um, mm -hmm. where the more I watch that movie, the more I realize, like, it's a beautiful film, it's really well designed, um, but it's the end of that movie, the explanation of relationships and love and all of that, that, to me, overwhelms my perspective on that film. It's so personally and emotionally resonant, and I've had the, that moment before that they're describing but the more i watch that film the more the rest of the film leaves me a little cold um which is ultimately why i decided not to review it because i don't enjoy writing either dishonest reviews or reviews that are critical to the point that i don't think they're fun i would prefer that you know everyone else who has a good experience with that movie keeps it you know what i mean gotta say my heart's a little broken here it's I, like that's... i'm reading a book <laughs> it's like i'm reading a book um that part is still beautiful that's yeah. the thing I, I i'm thinking about the film separated from the ending and i mean there is a lot of, a lot i still enjoy um there is it's it's just different the ending to me is this rich yeah gut-wrenching emotional experience i totally agree that like the end elevates it like yeah. whoosh, and the rest, the rest I of still it is, think there was a lot to the rest of it is pretty good um okay. you know uh i mean but you and i like you you and i disagree well kind of about i will remember you like like well, and that's sort of the same thing but i agree more with you there that the rest of the episode is kind of so 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 and then the ending is whew. well i'll give you an example like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind to me Incredible is the film. end of her stretched mm -hmm. across the entire runtime of the yeah. film yeah you know um if I, if i had to choose between the two films it would be eternal sunshine yeah. for sure yeah, that is even, even though joaquin phoenix is my fa favorite actor um which i get yeah. is spectacular and i think mm -hmm. scarlett johansson is wonderful in the film she does yeah. an incredible job voice acting but it just doesn't um that's fair doesn't connect with me how do we uh, get on to that I, I don't know, but Eternal Sunshine is a masterpiece from from, from start to yeah. finish. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, every memory that they wander into in that story is resonant and emotional yeah. and connects with me uh, and it's individually. Even just, it's intelligently constructed too. In that, like, it's just 
it's clever and you don't really get the full picture until the end mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I i just love the way it's done i think it's really really well well made yeah i mean that that last couple minutes of her is one of those it's one mm. of those things i've i've talked about on the channel a lot like where that scene allowed me to come to understand my own life in a way that i didn't previously oh yeah that yeah bit in it's collateral very, um, that did the toolbox fallacy. yeah 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 the bit in collateral that uh, led to the toolbox fallacy video you know mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah uh uh but anyway dr strange really good in 3d and um i have the avengers infinity war endgame and then Mm -hmm. spider-man far from home is the epilogue okay and then then i'm ready to watch wandavision you you better hit hit me up i want to watch it with you because i've i'm already seeing wandavision yeah i want to watch it again um well we'll figure it out yeah but just on 3d i a lot a lot of people call like they say it's just a gimmick and it is but it's a gimmick that i i enjoy for the most part I, well I really like and the 3D. man vr is kind of I, the especially I still as i haven't watched one in vr yet as a glasses wearing VR. person going to the theater and having to put those polarized lenses uh, over your glasses yeah and that's for, which, which for one thing darkens the image and you can, never can trust if the projector the projector needs to be correspondingly brighter in yeah. order to do that. But I've seen some muddy, dark uh, films with That's polarized good. lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and when uh, 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 the I lived with a buddy at my previous house, we had the active shutter lenses, which is like, um, at, I think it's the display goes at 60 frames per second and every mm-hmm. other frame, your lens closes. So oh, wow. okay. you see the whole left side of the stereoscopic pair and then the whole right side and then the whole left side and the whole right side. Wow. But because the shutters on the lenses are keeping in sync, your brain mm-hmm. thinks you're seeing a three-dimensional image uh, yeah. on the screen itself. But even wow. then, that looks darker because one lens is closing and the other one lens is closing. So it looks slightly dimmer than normal yeah. footage to me. Um, even though that that's probably an optical illusion, VR is none of that. There is VR is you, know, you remember those cards that you'd stick in a little thing and you yeah, stuck it up yeah, your eyes um, and you're like, what's that thing called? Is it a viewfinder? Viewfinder. Like that. viewfinder. I loved them. Yeah, yep. VR to me, is, but it was the best stereoscopic experience you could have because you had two completely separate images going to mm. both eyes with equal amount it's- of light. Because for some reason, I was under the impression that a VR film wouldn't... I mean, sorry, a 3D film wouldn't work in VR, but there's no reason why it wouldn't. Yeah, each I just eye thought, is seeing I just something thought, different. Yeah, I just thought you needed the special glasses or something for it to, nope. to work. But no, that doesn't make sense. Of course no. not. Yeah, I use... Mm. Um, we, uh, you just use a, a player or an app that has the that knows which eye is which and just sends mm-hmm. it at the same time. Yeah. So... It's the most I've ever enjoyed 3D, but that's because I think that there are so many bad ways of consuming 3D. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and especially yeah. during the first couple of phases of Marvel, if a movie wasn't shot in 3D, it wasn't worth watching. Um, the no. post-converted process where they turn it 3D with a computer used to be terrible. Um, mm-hmm. the, all the, none of the MCU movies were shot in 3D. They were all post converted. 
And um, the first one I saw was Thor. And it was like two-dimensional sheets of paper. being But one was a little farther back than the other one and being kind of moved around like this. Uh, and it was terrible. But um, the, the, the sad part is that post-conversion has come extremely far now mm-hmm. to the point where Doctor Strange was incredible. And yeah. none of that was... I mean, if you watch a movie like Into the Spider-Verse, um, that's full 3D because it's animation yeah Yeah. um yeah but dr strange was not shot in 3d but it's beautiful in the conversion Mm -hmm. um yeah i can't imagine it would be yeah so i've been surprised uh how much i've enjoyed it 3d is still gonna just die off um you know and then it'll be back in 20 years in a different form i i think it's reached a stage where it's so um kind of easy to do now that i think it's going to stick around i don't think it's going to die off maybe um i i the the proof will be if people keep buying well i mean who knows what's going to happen to theaters well, after well you COVID. can buy 3d te- televisions now with 3d glasses and they're stuff, st- so. they're making fewer and fewer 3d tvs every year the new thing is 4k hdr my 4k hdr tv which is in the background here mm-hmm. um doesn't do 3d and it's, uh, I think it's the 2019 I, model. I like it, though. I, I, I like 3, 3D. Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. No. Cool. Um, anyway, I, I, <clears throat> I wasn't thinking we'd have a lot to talk about because the last <laughs> podcast was four days ago, and then I yeah. did the coffee video. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to get back Very on well, a, well a normal schedule. Yeah, and that's sort of why I decided to, because I sort of took the reins here in terms of scheduling, and I was like, "Well, Ian, we need to get one done this yeah. this week, so let's so let's book book it in, and then get get back to our usual Monday Tuesday uh, schedule, and that's what we're doing right yeah. right now." But uh, apparently, we can get super nerdy with three uh, D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, it's only been a couple of days. What are we going to talk, yeah. talk about? And we're like 20 minutes in. Um, Lonnie and I did watch... We didn't get to watch Grease on Friday. Um, no, we didn't. Like we were supposed to. But Lonnie and I did watch um, Mansfield Park. It's Jane Austen, okay. so I'm just going to assume you haven't seen it, right? No, I've never even heard of it, to, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm not very familiar with Austen. Uh, it's a big gap in my... Um, repertoire i think you know like kurosawa and um um dickens and all of that yeah. like there's those big in film and movies and uh, uh television there's this big uh placeholders that you're like yeah i never never mm. really um got into austin uh so you and lonnie and i watched pride and prejudice the miniseries mm-hmm. yeah like seven months ago yeah it was a while ago yeah, yeah it was a long while ago uh, what did you think of it? You can be honest. Uh, She's listening. I, <laughs> Lonnie, I love you, but I don't know. I, I found it a little painful. Um, I a little just, slow. I, slow, and I just... I just couldn't really find anything to really like about it all that much. Yeah. I mean, it's just not in my wheelhouse at all. Um, 
I guess some of the performances were good for what they were. It, it, it's just not my thing. Um, yeah. So, um, so far, uh, my impression of Austin is that Pride and Prejudice is going to be the template for what most of the stories are about. Mm-hmm. Right. And watching yeah. Mansfield Park last night, that was kind of playing out. 1800s high society date movies, essentially. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and they're a lot of times from the perspective of like, this is what a woman's uh, role in society is, uh, right, unfairly or the fairly. Times and, yeah, like yeah. they are, um, I suppose they're progressive within the frame. Like we talk about how progressivism is a sliding scale. I would imagine that Austin's uh, stories were extremely progressive for the time, right? Because they at least, to even comment that there's an issue with uh, these things at the time um, mm-hmm. must might have been... Re- I don't know anything. I'm pulling this... I'm talking out of my behind, uh, which mm-hmm. I do quite often. But anyway, um, so I, I want to read you the summary of Mansfield Park. Okay, yeah, okay. And, and, and I'm going in blind. Yeah. I, I haven't read this. I I'm going to do yeah. this in my best Austin voice to try and... <laughs> Like capture the vim and, and vigor of, uh-huh. uh, of uh, an Austin bit. Now this is the summary from Internet Movie Database. But Jack, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I've added a line to the summary okay. to kind of represent what I was left with uh, with the movie. Now, okay. now the game is let's see if you can tell what it is. Okay. okay, okay. Now will you do me All a right. favor, Jack? Yeah. Will you shut your eyes? Okay. <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> Shutting my eyes. Okay, and in the edit, play a little, uh, you know, let's uh, Baroque chamber yeah, music. Right. Dun, 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 oh, dun, I can dun, cheese dun. this up, Ian. I can cheese it right up. At 10 years old, Fanny Price, a poor relation, goes to live at Mansfield Park, the estate of her aunt's husband, Sir Thomas. Clever, studious, and a writer with an ironic imagination and fine moral compass, she becomes especially close to Edmund, Thomas's younger son. Fanny is soon possessed of a beauty as well as a keen mind and comes to the attention of a neighbor, Henry Crawford. Sir Thomas promotes this match, but to his displeasure, Fanny has a mind of her own, asking Henry to prove himself worthy. As Edmund courts Henry's sister, and after Fanny finds a book of graphic illustrations depicting horrifying racial atrocities in the New World, including the father figure Sir Thomas raping a slave, Fanny must assess Henry's character and assert her heart as well as her wit. That... (laughs) That escalated quickly. I kind of think that exercise captures... I'm gonna assume that it's the uh, <laughs> finds finds a book of graphic il- illustrations depicting horrifying oh. racial atrocities. No, 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 now wait a second. Now let me let's let's let, let's recontextualize <laughs> that this. That went from zero to a hundred real quick, and man. And it does in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, in case you missed it, and to give it its proper due, uh, there's a point in the movie where Fanny finds a book that the older brother has drawn of graphic illustrations depicting horrifying racial atrocities in the New World, including the father figure, Sir Thomas, raping a slave. 
and this is in a Jane Austen like horror. And wait, so does the story do anything with it? No. What? <laughs> so in the scene, Sir Thomas comes over. Uh, like the music, it's played as horrifying. So there's a uh-huh. like the music gets very dark, and they yep, like yep. cut frames and play it in slow motion. And Sir uh-huh. Thomas, the father figure, comes around right as she's on the page that is a picture of him. Uh-huh. And he's, he uh, says, my son is very ill because his son drew the pictures. His son uh, has been depressed the whole movie. And the insinuation is that his son can't handle the moral burden of the things he saw his father do with his slavery business in Nugana or wherever it was. Yeah, uh, And there's like people hanging on hooks. And people tied to crosses. Like, when talking about graphic depictions, graphic depictions. Like, you sure this wasn't hostel or something? It, <laughs> it felt like it did not, like, uh, you know, and there, I mean, it's old, it's the, that particular kind of illustration, but it's that old uh-huh. uh, pen and ink or uh, quill and ink kind of illustration. And uh, the father tears the book away, burns the book. And then the next scene between the two of them, he compliments her and says she has a strong voice. And then the whole plot returns to uh, her dating exploits and who's going to marry who. And then she marries the father's son. Or I don't know if they got married or not, but they, they connect at the end of the movie. And you cut to a shot of the whole family sitting around and the father saying that, like, he's moving the family into bananas or something like that. Like he's, uh, the insinuation is that he's dropping the slavery business to move into bananas. But like, the problem is that, and that's all the lip service. It gives this subplot of Jane Austen is fucking wild. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I, I put this out on Twitter and some people said, Oh, is that that version of the, the movie? I, I don't know how faithful this is to the book. Okay. Until that point, it was a typically, like, it was cute and charming yeah. and all of that. And then out of the, like, so Lonnie and I finished the movie and the family's sitting around and then you see the two main characters walk off into the distance and the credits start to roll. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, does anyone remember that book with all the rape and murder in it? <laughs> no? <laughs> Just me? Okay. As though, like, him getting out of the business, it it, it was so tone it's like, deaf. It's like it makes it okay. He's, like, he's turned over a new leaf, so no, it's okay. I, I, I was thinking about it before we started this. Uh, like, sure, okay. You t- like, the problem is not that the characters, that it was normal for the characters, right? It was the 1800s, and yeah, slavery I mean, was a thing. Within... Within context of the time, it, it it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yes. And, like, um, the problem is not that the characters don't recognize the problem. The problem is that the movie made in 1999 does not recognize or acknowledge yeah. the problem. Right? right. And anytime that you do dated, or prob- dated content that has problematic um, stuff in it, like, the 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 main example I can think of is the Merchant of Venice. So mm-hmm. uh, Shylock is Jewish in the play, and he um, <clears throat> a man comes to him to borrow money, and he uh, 
says, okay, if you don't pay me back, you owe me a pound of flesh. And in the movie, he goes, or in the movie, in the play, he goes to court to get his pound of flesh. And I don't remember how it, it gets to the ending, but if I remember correctly, um, he is forced to convert to Christianity. And his daughter is married off as a part of the 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 resolution. So it's considered a comedy in Shakespeare's... I mean, it's deeply anti-Semitic, and it's considered a comedy in Shakespeare's... Sounds funny. Yeah. Uh, comedies, <laughs> but really. I mean, like, comedies are sort of different in that, like, yeah. the, one of the defining characteristics is everyone gets married at the end, so his daughter gets married at the end and so forth. But if you do The Merchant of Venice now... Which has, today, if you choose to do The Merchant of Venice, you can either present it cold with no mm. modern interpretation of the historical context, in which mm. case I think it's a weird, uncomfortable experience, or you include a nod and acknowledge that mm -hmm. it's a problem, right? Yeah. And I, I'm just not particularly interested in the weird, uncomfortable experience right like no, that's I, fair. That's I fair. and merchant of venice has some of shakespeare's greatest line tickle us do we not bleed you know wrong us shall we not revenge uh mm -hmm. is in that play um so it's not like titus andronicus or something like that which is just like cannibalism and rape and all the uh, sorts of crazy crazy stuff uh mm. it's it has some beautiful stuff in it. So the last version of Merchant of Venice I saw, um, all the couples are on stage at the end, including the Shylock's daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, the person bringing the news that he's been forced to convert and, or, or what his punishment has been comes out on stage and has his hat. And um, they throw it down on the stage and everyone celebrates and the messenger walks off. And then the rest of the dialogue goes on as the other characters start to talk <laughs> and slowly the daughter comes up and picks up Shylock's hat and walks to the back of the stage as everyone else is still delivering the, the, the lines and now she's part of his punishment too she's being forced into marriage um, mm -hmm. and all of that and again I'm sure someone's listening who has a far greater knowledge of Merchant of Venice than I do Sorry if I'm butchering the details, but the point is she walks to the back, and so the audience kind of forgets that she's there because everyone else is talking, and she's got mm -hmm. her back to the audience, and she's holding Shylock's hat. And mm -hmm. then the lights, uh, everyone celebrates and goes, huzzah, and the lights go out on everyone except her, and there's a shaft of light on top of her, and she turns around holding her father's hat and weeping and falls to the ground and the lights go out and that's the end of the wow. play it was so powerful yeah and it was um, i mean one of the things about shakespeare is he didn't write any stage directions he included like go the blocking or whatever are so rare that they're famous most of his okay. plays don't have stage directions right so directors can do anything they want with mm -hmm that kind of stuff and that's not in the text but some director said we want to acknowledge that there's some dark stuff in this through a modern mm -hmm. perspective and so mm -hmm. included that bit where um her uh his daughter is grieving 
for him and his dignity and all of this um, at the end of the play. This had none of that. Like, I don't okay. know what was in the book. I don't know how this was in the book or whatever. And maybe the director decided to make this scene with the graphic depictions particularly dark. Mm-hmm. So as to feel like they were acknowledging the uh, legacy of slavery or, or whatever. But the problem is that it becomes such a dramatic, weighty, dark part of the movie that none of the other stuff matters anymore. Mm, who marries right. who? Who cares? Like, it, yeah. it, you know, it's like a, a, a movie about a card game in the middle of the Holocaust, you know. Like, right, yeah. who cares yeah. about the card game? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get you. It was truly bizarre. Mm. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I I don't know if that, that performance that I did was in bad taste, but I kind of feel like it duplicated the, it was the simplest way of duplicating the experience of seeing a light, pithy Jane Austen uh, story with that in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's funny, even watching Pride and Prejudice, while we were watching it, I was like, these people are so rich and entitled. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I kind of feel yeah, I like that. this drama is all imposed by, uh, like, this. Is, I want to hear the, uh, a servant walked in, and I was instantly more interested in that person's story yeah. than any of this other stuff yeah that was all going the on. status and wealth and all all of that stuff yeah. and, and also got this vibe of like i don't know what, what what's his name mr mr darcy like yeah uh even at the end like i still I still didn't like him yeah. i still didn't like him like yeah. i and and i i feel like the story was was trying to say to me hey well he's 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 a good guy now and everything's okay it's like no he's still a dickhead like i don't like it yeah well it was just so weird um and i went and read ebert's review after uh of mansfield park to see if anyone mentioned the the thing that happens in the and no one uh, you know atrocities nothing yeah, it's it's it, it it's a weird thing to just sort of skim over and forget about. So bizarre. And I get cultural context, but if you're going to acknowledge if you're going to include that in the film and you want yeah. me to still care about uh Fanny Price mm-hmm. as opposed to the h- human wreckage that this man has left in his path, uh that didn't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um anyway, all right, so Jack, uh at the yep. break, um when we went into break at the end of the year, uh we talked about yep. setting up a conversation about New Year's resolutions. Yeah, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> well, uh yeah, life happened. You ended up quarantined yeah. in Sydney uh without any tech. Yeah. And yeah, um yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize that a two-week visit uh, to New York State would turn into uh, me moving in with my super smart and sexy lady mm-hmm. friend, who was uh, it was a total life change, relocation, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, being in this new place, you know me, the priority for my sanity is getting back to work on the episode guide. 
Yeah. But listening to the fear is done. The coffee it chat is, video yes. uh, for last week is up. Mm-hmm. And, and Jack, today I did something awful. Mm-hmm. What did you do? I, I worked out. <clears throat> oh. Essentially oh. for uh, the first time in three months. And you know what it felt like? Yeah. It felt I like. Be- I bet it didn't feel good. It felt like I hadn't worked out in three months. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel you, man. I feel stiffness in my back, neck, shoulders. Um, anyway, so yeah. I was thinking now that things have stabilized, we could return to the resolutions thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been slacking off on the working out thing thing too. It's something that I desperately need need to get back into. Uh, I've been having monthly set sessions with the physio uh, throughout m- most of la- last year, and it's been really help- helpful just just in terms of getting um, set up with with an exercise r- routine. But somewhere towards the end of the year, I just kind of fell off the, the wagon and yeah, you know, I gave myself the bullshit excuse of, oh, it's Christmas and I'm, I'm taking a break and well, here we are almost at the end of March and I've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it's good for, um, this is a good time for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're cranking on the work. I am, you know, channels back where this is, I think this makes it official. The podcast is back. Yes, and, yes, and, official. And hopefully regular. Um, we've had mm. our creative fiber. Yes. Creative. <laughs> that's a great... So we're taking dumps? Is that, is that <laughs> so what this is? The, we've pooped creative out another dumps. podcast and we're ready to go. Yeah, um, yeah. We've, we've cleared our bowels, our creative bowels. Yeah, so I know it's weird. This metaphor has to stop. <laughs> I was a little creatively constipated. I know it's weird um, that we're three months late, but I kind of find that an interesting idea the first quarter is over the initial Mm -hmm. rush of post-holiday delirium is long past why -hmm. not stop and take stock of the direction the year is going sure so jack what's your history with new year's resolutions kind of philosophically where do you fall with them (sighs) uh historically have you ever written them for school or no look philosophically i think it is a great idea it's a good thing people find it helpful Historically speaking, for me, look, this is an interesting yet oddly kind of confronting topic for, for me. Um, Why confronting? Only because, well, because I've never really been a New Year's re- resolutions kind of guy. I mean, I've had vague like, oh, I'm going to do this this year. But I've never actually written out and been like, no, this is actually something I'm going to strive for. And I suppose it's the fear of failure in, in, in me that sort of finds it confronting because it's like saying it now well well not now but upcoming on the podcast i mean it's 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 the accountability buddy thing and it's like yeah. if i fail i've well that's I, interesting I, right I fail. like it, it, so yeah exactly exactly like no one no one listening is gonna be like god damn it no, jack well, like, well, and i had the same thing is is um you know, every time I eventually I'll do a video on procrastination, which I think will be the natural follow up to um, the toolbox fallacy. Uh, I've written, I, I journal every morning or almost every morning, and a lot of my journal entries are concerned with um, if I'm in a state of procrastination or whatever it is. And whenever I get to the root of whatever it is it's it's some fear you know yeah 
every yeah, single video absolutely. that gets reset every single video i'm like i don't think i have very much to say about the trials and it, mm. it might be a little negative about this part and people really don't like it when i'm negative and and so like but because i never acknowledge that i'm doing that in my head it just sort of festers and yeah. so i start dragging my feet and i start uh not doing things and then i start playing a video game whatever and it's a couple of days later and i haven't gotten started and whenever i journal yeah. i elevate that sort of subsurface catastrophizing Mm -hmm. So like, oh, that's why I'm afraid. But once it's elevated, it's like, yeah, any of those things could be true and none of them are a reason to not try to write the best damn review of the trial uh, I've yeah. ever, I've written, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I got done yeah. with listening to fear, listening to fear. I experienced that same kind of thing, especially after a long break. The, mm -hmm. the sort of uh, fear fester takes hold again. And it, yeah. you know, and I, but once it was done, I was some... like, I made the best version of Passion mm -hmm. of the Nerds episode guide that I probably could have made for that episode of the show. Yeah, yeah, and look, like you've been doing this for so long now, and it's like the same thing happens every time. So maybe this is just part of the uh, process, sure. you know, the jitters and the nerves and all that. But in terms of like just getting started, mm -hmm. it, 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 when you're when I'm engaged in that fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this, it's, 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 it's not doing the work. It's just like, right. you don't actually like prove the fear wrong. I just go, oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay. So I need to do this and need to do this outline mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So, um, mm -hmm. for anyone listening to this, uh, who wants to do it, uh, along with us, if you set some new year's resolutions already and then drop and drop them, uh, so what? If you want yeah. to pick them up again, pick them up again with us. Um, if you're mm -hmm. someone who resists the idea of resolutions because, quote-unquote, they always fail or whatever, part of the entire concept of this podcast is to just get back up, dust yourself off, and go again. So. Amen to that, my, my brother. Amen. Um, I've always kind of found the concept of New, New Year's resolutions odd for that reason because... You can make a resolution at, at any time. And uh, we're gonna. Make a, yeah, yeah. And you can make a positive change or set a goal anytime, whenever the hell you uh, want. But, I mean, I get that being able to have some kind of structure to it is helpful. Um, and look, if you are the kind of person who likes New Year's re resolutions, I'm definitely not trying to rain on, on your parade here. Like, it's it's yeah. it's cool. I just... Um, I don't know. It just seems a little odd. For me, resolutions are kind of therapeutic. We talked a lot yeah. about therapy the last uh, episode. Yes. And by the way, um, it was earlier I meant to say this, uh, but we kind of moved past it. The, uh, the, you know, last episode was obviously very uh, vulnerable and out there. And um, mm -hmm. uh, both Jack and I sort of just kind of saying what's there and what we're going through. And um, I'm always... Uh, deeply honored by this community and the kind things that people yeah. have to say um nothing but kindness and 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 Absolutely. good stuff in the comments so um, yeah I'm, we appreciated that yeah yeah very much you guys are great and um we're very uh thankful for the the audience that we have so yeah thanks yeah. Thank, thank thanks a lot but for my part in terms of resolutions it's kind of like therapy there's never really a bad time to stop 
and take a little stock of where you're at personally, emotionally, creatively, physically, yeah. and asking yourself, are there some changes I could make here? No guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. No. Because they no, are counterproductive. No. Um, but are there some changes I could make here that get me more in line with my desires for those things? Mm-hmm. And what's it going to take? Right, yeah. Um, there's never really a bad time to, to start, if we've, uh, as we've said. Let's like... Um, when I got my type type two diabetes diagnosis, I think it was like May or June last year, I made the the diet change on on the spot. You know, I could have ignored it for a while and done done all that, but I was just like, no, that's not gonna help help me. So I cut out the sugar and the carbs, and here we are, almost a year later. So yeah, yeah, I love New Year's. Um, so this is conversation number one. We're not talking today about no. what our resolutions are. But Jack, I wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. um, so we could come up with a framework for what they are and then share next time with everyone. Yeah. Um, do we do like super condensed or do we go big? Have like a professional, personal, emotional, and creative mm-hmm. goal? What do you think? I mean, Honestly, Dave... Ian? <laughs> go ahead. I, I hadn't given it too much thought until this very moment. So... Yeah. Um... I'm not even entirely sure what my resolutions are. Um, well, I mean, ex- exercise is one of them. That's next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's um, let's then. What? Are, I mean, if someone asks you for like a fantasy list of five, right? Mm-hmm. Five things that you wished could happen to you. Right. Wouldn't be that hard. Would it? You could come up with five things you wished could happen to you. No restrictions. No. No restrictions. No yeah, cons- but I'm going to get real fanciful with it. You, um, you know? Of course. <laughs> Why not? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, to me, the New Year's resolutions should um, not necessarily be bounded by... Uh, I mean, reality, yes. But um, mm. what, what I'm saying is is known reality, maybe not right okay um so let's rather than think about personal professional whatever because maybe this is the year i want to work on professional stuff but you want to work on personal stuff or whatever let's say we're going to come up with a list of five resolutions yep regardless of what what category they lie in yeah now most commonly i think that people tend to go with course correcting resolutions Mm-hmm. That and there, there are things that they've been guilting themselves about. There's um, probably some of that for me. Yeah, like uh, here's the thing. Like, I'm sure a lar- most of us, if not all of us, listening to this, probably have some weight to lose. You know, like mm-hmm. it's uh, that's what the kind of culture we're in. If that's not you, awesome. Yep. Um, or some people want to put on a little bit of weight. That, yeah, that's also uh, put a thing. on. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Right. If you're working from another uh, a different side of the 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 fence, and you know, have mm-hmm. a sort of but relating to food, there are adjustments that to make, and we maybe we've been guilting. There's a lot of cultural expectations for how we're supposed to look, and uh, yeah. weight and feel and whatever. Those are fair game. I think those are good mm-hmm. to put on the list because like yeah. it's an exercise in learning to not guilt yourself and just freaking yeah. get it done. And it's it's health really, and health is important. That's, health is, that's Im- one health of the is most important, important things. But I yeah. also think that a list a new of New Year's resolutions that are only those things um, is not as fun as it could be. 
right? Yeah, and it's very narrow, and and it you're you're boxed in there, and yeah, like you said, it's not as fun. It's kind of boring, right? <laughs> so I want uh, I want to advocate that one item on the list uh, mm-hmm. uh, needs to be a big dream resolution. Okay, um, yep. I think we're, I like for me, I kind of live in a bubble. And within that bubble, there are all the possibilities in my life that are doable. And outside the bubble are things like pitch a game for the Chicago Cubs or meet Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things that I assume for various reasons are I'm completely incapable of accomplishing. But the fallacy mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of stuff outside the bubble that I just tell myself I'm incapable of accomplishing because of the particular moment in time I am in my life, right? Uh-huh. So the key to the big dream resolution is like, just because I don't know how to get myself from here to there right now, doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and come up with how to do that during the year. Whether it's skydive naked or deep sea dive or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And if you're listening to that and you're thinking, well, I don't have the money or you're doing the thing I'm saying, don't do. It doesn't matter. Like these are dream goals and failure is irrelevant to the whole thing. It sounds like you're referring to uh, a fallacy, a a toolbox fallacy. Perhaps. (laughs) Um, So one resolution on the list needs to be a big dream resolution. Something that we have no idea uh, how to make happen, how to get past the blocks, financial, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. Now, as an example, my big dream resolution last year was to write a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be on my list of resolutions this time is to finish that novel by the end of the year. Um, but it's no longer a big dream resolution because like I had Lonnie on the podcast several times to talk about where to start and how to work. I start, I had all these boundaries of, I don't know how to do this. And so mm-hmm. I started, well, who do I know? And how do I, uh, create some accountability for myself? Well, I'll talk about it on the podcast and we'll do this and do mm-hmm. that. And you know, um, I did not deliver it, but I started to break down those barriers and start to work through it. And since failure is irrelevant, I'm going to pick it back up again and work on mm-hmm. it this year. Good stuff. Uh, so, um, yes, my big dream uh, resolution this year needs to be something different that at the moment I have yeah. a zero idea how to accomplish um, right. uh, to get done. Now, to mm-hmm. again, to be clear, I didn't finish um, the book last year. Uh you know, at the time, uh, for whatever the reasons were, they're not really relevant mm-hmm. because failure is not really relevant in this particular right. case. Um, but I know that f- I think for a lot of us, fear of failure is the trigger. I failed. I said I was going to finish the book. I didn't. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's a okay. one or a zero, right? But you also you you started it though, and you and and you did a lot of work on it. Well, that's, so that's so it's almost like the journey is more the point than the destination <laughs> is what i'm trying yeah, to say the real novel was the the friends we yes, made along the, friends, the way the real novel was the friends we made along the way <laughs> oddly enough that's kind of true yeah he says uh from his girlfriend's house uh in the next yeah. room right like like you said it's either a one or a zero but this is like a point five. you know you did well, something I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like zero doesn't matter because it's all made like the score is made up anyway. Exactly. It's a a dichotomy that we've made up. Yeah. It's it's all bullshit. We're just trying to live more interesting lives. If you're bored, if you're feeling, um, 
Like you need to break out in certain ways mm-hmm. if you've been feeling like life is sort of repetitive or whatever. Like this is mm-hmm. couldn't be why. Like shatter the bubble, uh, right. or yeah. at least pierce through it and look, see what's on the other side. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it doesn't matter. It's just life is all I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like making my own content is my big dream goal for this year. But part of me feels like that's not big enough. But I think it is. Well, that's kind of because you've been getting, like, you've been good enough to do that on your own for a long time. But you're starting to accept that you're good enough to do that on your own. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't, I just had had a moment. Yeah. Um, No, you're you're spot on. I've been talking about it for literally years. And I have had, I, I mean, I have ideas for like half a dozen videos and god damn it i just feel like what am i waiting for i have all the tools for the for the most part i have the know-how so i need to to just do it so maybe that's why i'm thinking that oh it's not big big enough big because i, I, I know should, what to, to do you decide i think it should def- definitely be on your list but i'm saying also that's yeah. a great example of two years ago that would have been a big dream goal because yeah you would have been yeah. like, I don't know how to do this. Like, this sounds yeah. ridiculous. Why Why put something on the list that I know I'm going to fail at? Right. right. And yeah. yet, I would say two years ago, you were already capable of yeah. doing that stuff and breaking down. You've been doing the process that I'm describing naturally anyway, which is breaking down yeah. the barriers between you yeah. and accomplishing the goal. You've been learning. You've been doing uh, lots of editing yeah. and so forth. I think. Actually, just thinking about it now, I think the reason why it doesn't seem big enough, even though it is, is because I'm making content that's getting published on the internet all the time. Yeah. I'm just, I just haven't made anything that's uniquely mine. And, you know, like part of it is a fear of failure or not really failure as such. It's more just the, the fear that it won't be good. You, you know, that no one's going to like it, that I will pour my, my heart into something pe- people hate. But I guess that's still fear of failure isn't it well i mean yes you're you're yeah yeah, you're describing fear of failure like obviously we want that's the problem that i've talked about Mm -hmm. i think i even talked about that in the coffee video right is when it comes to creating anything there's no we right unless you're on a crew or you're making a movie or whatever like yeah i'm absolutely I want to make content for, for myself. Like the the end goal won't be to impress people or to yeah. That's the way I manage that fear. Is like, yeah. I have no control over other people's reactions. Yeah. So yeah. how can I make, to make an interesting stuff, video? Exactly, and to make stuff that I like. Yeah. Um, it's just there is a certain fear in like putting something out there though, and just having people shit on it. You know, I, waking up to a thousand dislikes or something. You know, that's, like, I find that. I've never had that experience. Like, this community is very kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just not going to happen. But, mm. like, in the past couple of years, you've kind of been privy to this ride. I used to obsess about a negative comment for days. Yeah. yeah. Days. Yeah. And you are much better at it now. Like, yeah. you're, you're just going, oh, But okay. that is trial by fire. You no, know, the thing fine. that I've learned yeah. is, that, and this ended up in an episode guide, is that um, most of those comments, the ones that I became obsessed about, were the ones because this is a stranger. This is a, I don't know this person. Like I, mm. I, I, it's not Carl. 
coming along and saying, yeah. "Man, you really need to yeah. fix this yeah. thing." It's, it's a some it's a no faceless, one. often anonymous. Um, yeah. So the only way the those comments ever had power is because I was imbuing them with power. Mm. They were saying things that I was already afraid was true. And right, so yeah. having to face that and hear that over and over and over again and realizing I have no mm. control over that person, but I do have control over right. myself, was right. the journey I needed to get over that. To just be like, okay, yeah. and make the next video. I I, mm. I was going to edit a little thing that said sass over the mug that I was drinking in mm. the last video. Because you know me, I've never pushed back on commenters no. and be like, this no. is not, okay, I get it, you didn't like it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm still going to yeah. keep doing me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's just, there is there is a, a scary element to it, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, like the motto we've come to adopt says, that sounds terrifying. Let's, Let's do, do, it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And if you're, yeah. I, I may have been one for five. If there were five resolutions last year, I, I hit mm -hmm. one of them. But certainly pursuing them led to this podcast being shaped into what it is. And it led to growth. Yeah. More reasons yeah. For, for me to uh, develop a friendship with someone who mm -hmm. I'm now living with. You know, yeah. someone I fell in love with. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the pursuit of these things cannot help but enrich your life. Right, yeah. Wherever yeah, exactly. you end up with them is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're, you're not successful, again, it's about the journey. Yeah. And, and how yeah, you and that is there, such yeah. a cliche, which is why it's important to actually blow it out and talk about mm. it. Because it's like you, it, we have such shields to cliche. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you hear do, that yeah. and it would just bounce off. But if we really dive into this emotionally, it's like, no, no, this is a big deal. Like, this is... Yeah. These kinds of things, being proactive about yeah. your ambitions and dreams and all of that would, is incredibly important. Would you say that the struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart? Because I certainly would. <laughs> well, at least you're not quoting me back to me. I'm quoting Camus well, to me. I kind of am, because <laughs> I first heard, heard that from you, so... Yeah. All right, so our plan uh, <laughs> this time next week, Jack and I are going to have five goals. Yep. One of them has to be a dream goal. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Do not, if you start thinking about, well, how am I going to get this done? You're getting ahead that's of That's irrelevant. The point yeah, is to irrelevant. just be like, man, wouldn't it be great if, yep. like for me at my part, I'm 70 pounds overweight. I'm a giant. Mm -hmm. So 70 pounds wears pretty okay on me. But nonetheless... Mm -hmm. I'm 70 pounds overweight. Wouldn't it be great if mm -hmm. I was 200 pounds? How much healthier would I feel? How much, like, yep. to focus on the positives, not like, oh, I yep. hate my body, which I'm yep. not a fan. Fine, not yep. really relevant to this conversation. Yep. You know, like, to focus on the exciting part of being healthy uh, yep. in that. And then we'll, uh, next time we're going to talk about, yep. okay, so, and mm -hmm. then that's the time to start breaking things right. down and making a plan but not yet and you and you guys our wonderful audience uh if you have res resolutions or you would like to uh join in with us uh jot them down in the comments for this episode or you can wait until next week but uh well, yeah. yeah come along this journey yeah. with us if you'd like to <clears throat> uh so what else do we have on the burner jack 
Well, Ian, so the trailer for The Suicide Squad uh, dropped a few days ago, and I thought yes. it could be a little fun uh, time to react to it here on the podcast. Right. I have, haven't seen it yet myself, but you saw it, right? Yeah, I follow James Gunn on Twitter. and uh, Yeah, um, so do I. I and, day, but I was just like, oh, I, I, I should wait to watch it well, because it might be fun to react. I, you should have said something. I mean, um, I should have. I should have, yeah. All right, so we're going to go watch the trailer right now. We've linked to it in the uh, show notes for this if you want to watch mm -hmm. along and, and have your thoughts. It is rated R. It's a Red Band trailer, um, yep. which I think is kind of cool. Like, the, What yeah. is this, the first Red Band since Deadpool? Red Band comics? Movie? Yeah. See, whenever anything's rated R over there, I find it very un underwhelming because it's never rated R here. Like, our, you guys are much more, shall we say, conservative <laughs> I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, but yeah. in terms of comic book movies, yeah, they're well, normally Deadpool, pretty sanitized. There's Deadpool, that's and true. then what else was there? I mean, there was a scene in De Deadpool where he cuts someone's head, head, head off and then kicks it through through the air. So, yeah, that was pretty Yeah, nice. there's a fair amount. Um, like, the cursing's way up. Yeah. Uh, it's, the depictions it's of just, graphic sex were way up. It's just funny how um, when something is rated R in the US, it's often only rated like MA here, which is yeah. like a step below. Yeah, well, R, no, I know. So, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, did your X Men movie have, like, you know, uh, Magneto tearing this, the spine out of. This. I mean, I wasn't. It, it wasn't an, an indictment. It was yeah. just something yeah, I thought no, I, I would. I understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're, yeah. uh, we're going to go watch it. Um, you should watch it too, and then we'll be right back. You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. It's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? Okay, we're back. <laughs> so that our rating, huh? Yes, oh. that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that oh wow. Yeah, that doesn't just, doesn't look like Iron Man. <laughs> no, certainly not. It doesn't even look like dead Deadpool, like holy shit. Yeah. I just saw a dude dude get torn in half by a half man half shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this this one was directed by J James Gunn. I think he wrote it by too. Da David Ayer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think David Straight Ayer wrote off the, the bat. Yeah, oh, I actually did he did did he write it? See, here's here's the thing. I'll 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 get into it soon. But Do um, it. I'm gonna look so, up stuff. Off the bat, this one looks like so much more fun than than the the first, and it's very James Gunn is the vibe that I get from yeah. it, which is an amazing thing to me. Um, so but the, here's the thing, man, I. Ever since the first Suicide Squad, I have a distrust in uh, trailers because that film burnt me. Suicide Squad is one of the best examples of... I mean, I think it would be interesting to... I, I, I wouldn't have a good enough memory to do it, but the... Mm -hmm. Oh, Nathan Fillion is in this new one. Um, oh, wow. The largest gulf between quality of trailer... Um, and the final product that was delivered. Yeah. I did not see Suicide yeah. Squad, but that movie had great oh. trailers. It was an amazing trailer. Mm -hmm. It really was. Um, 
and it it made the film look so amazing and i i mean the thing that really bugged me about it in in the end was that the trailer showed scenes that weren't in the film yeah. at all just it just weren't there um, yeah which is not totally unusual but still uh Mm. I find that a lot... I mean, a trailer is an ad. A trailer is supposed to sell you on the movie. So it, yeah. it follows that it's going to be there. Uh, unless they trailers have their own uh, language of cliche, too. Like sure. the, the um, Inception sound, blah. Yeah. You know, all of that. But still, it's... You know, the gulf between the movie that I mm. saw and what I saw in the trailer... Yeah, uh, I hear that Suicide Squad, the David Ayer one, is one of the largest gulfs that exists. Look, I I would argue, argue that yes, um, a trailer works as an advertisement, and it's going to be hi- hyping it up and whatnot. But I feel like a trailer, at the very least, should show you the tone of the film, and sure. it just for for the first Suicide Squad film. The trailer just didn't have the same tone at, mm. at all. It, it showed a more upbeat film. Um, so here's the thing. I was really psyched for it. I was so freaking excited. I I went to the midnight screening at I, I, IMAX. That's how, how, how excited I was. And then what what came after that was like a week of cognitive dis- dissonance. I came out and I'm like, ah. yeah, that, that, it was okay. It was I've okay. had that experience before. As as the days went 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 by, I'm like, oh, it it really wasn't that good. Um, but here's the thing. Look, look, look. It's overall no, it, it wasn't a good good film. But there was still stuff to lag about it. I think um, the the cast was was really a standout for me. Um, I love Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Um, then we we got Will Will Smith as Dead Deadshot, and look, he was just will smith doing will smith but sure. i like will smith so so that's okay um and then uh jai courtney is captain Bo- boomerang jai court courtney he gets a lot of shit in general um people say he is a terrible actor but i've never really dis- disliked him in anything i've seen i've disliked films he has done because he played uh kyle reese in terminator Gen- genesis he was and... so boring in that movie i mean to be fair i didn't necessarily uh not his fault i think i i hated the film more than i hate hated him, him yeah, in it but absolutely. that's a that's a different story but that made me angry because it completely shit on well, whatever it's fine we're not here to talk about the terminated gen, gen genesis um but then of course um we have what i think is the most contentious casting and that is jared leto's joker and ian i'm gonna say it i'm i'm gonna say it I don't think it was that bad. I really don't. <laughs> and so many people hate him in that film, and I, I don't get it. Um, I think we don't, we didn't really get enough of the the Joker in 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 that film to really make a fair um and and proper critique. But for what we we saw, I thought it was pretty decent. I I liked it, but I think um part of the problem is you know, you know we had. The late great Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker in the the Dark Knight, and I think that put portrayal set a really high bar for that for that for that character, and so maybe people are a little um I don't know a little uh 
spoiled, I guess, for the Joker because of that. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, uh, Nolan's also was, I think, the first grounded take. In terms of R-rated, um, I can't remember if Deadpool came first or Watchmen came first. I actually enjoyed Watchmen. It was Watchmen. I, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it was I Watchmen. think Watchmen was the first R-rated superhero movie. Major studio well, I mean, te- R-rated. Technically, it was Blade, but that was a long time that ago. Was a, yeah, so, that's true. No, yeah. Blade doesn't get the credit and the love that it deserves. Um, it, exactly because yeah because most people treat it as a vampire movie and not a superhero movie right um Um, i didn't know until recently really well the last couple of years yeah well and he's coming back to the mcu uh yeah which is crazy really cool um but the in terms of the r-rated movement you know there's some story like i think watchmen is really interesting the the i i I haven't seen it I'm going to use the word. Mm. I'm going to use the word. And the more I use it, Mm. the more I hear it, the more I'm starting to hate it. But there were things about Watchmen, the movie, that I found problematic. Okay. Uh, But overall, um, I thought it was a great execution of a comic that um, I read when I was a kid um, Mm. that kind of changed my whole universe about what comics were capable of. Um, <laughs> as stories and um, you know I even enjoyed the, the, the changes that they made to the end of that but that movie didn't do too well and then Deadpool came along and was like oh well maybe gr- I think obviously this movie owes way more to Deadpool uh, mm. than it does the, the whole man being yeah. torn in two uh, yeah and um, in terms of what is what is allowed to Deadpool... show on screen I don't think he's ripping off Deadpool yeah. I'm just saying like yeah. The violence is I shocking. Think, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I remember at the, the time when De- Deadpool came out, there was this concern that um, um, just like box office take uh, con- concerns, like making a com- com- comic book movie, uh, so therefore restricting who can go and see sure. it. Um, and and it paid off. So I think be- because of that, it's sort of, um, it's paid the way for more uh, R-rated yeah. uh comic book film i think that's the first thing i'm left with watching that trailer is um and i think the trailer is self-aware of it of course uh yeah the the level of violence that you see on screen Hmm. um what's interesting is a lot of times when you watch a movie trailer uh if there's blood in the movie trailer they desaturate Hmm. the blood oh um so the blood looks like oil and then you see the movie later uh, it's a weird um, American thing. I don't know why it is, but a lot of times blood will be desaturated to black in movie okay. in movie trailers. And okay. Harley's nose blood in the opening of that trailer is black. Hmm. Um, oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. It looks to me like they've processed yeah. it for... Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because that shot is going to be included in the non-red band version of the movie trailer. Right. Okay. And so they just okay. did their due diligence early and desaturated her nose blood in a right. trailer that has men being ripped in half. Yeah, uh, it's it's <laughs> it seems a bit sort of uh you tried? 
I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's the, well, the like, weird. Why did you try? Weird like, anomaly of that trailer. All right, so are you yeah. excited for it? After seeing that, yes, but I'm still cautiously optimistic. Look, here's the thing. So let's talk about the first one again okay. for a second. Um, direct directed by David Ayer. Now, David Ayer writes and makes good good movies. That man wrote Training Day, and Training Training Day, whilst is completely different, in it is a great film. So, I firmly believe that we did not see his his cut of the uh, film, and at first. He said that it was his uh, cut. I I knew he he was lying, and since the release or or yeah the the release of the Snyder cut, there are, there has been a push to release the Ayer cut, which he has gotten bar, behind, and he has confirmed that there is a different, better cut kind of the film that he made where Joker is the main villain. And it's such a yeah. weird time, I know that, that we live in. Yeah, right. Like yeah, but. Mm. The the Snyder cut, which I haven't seen, I I did watch Batman vs Superman, and it was mm-hmm. slow and painful. Um, yeah. and the Whedon stuff, I, that's obviously he's the reason I watched it. Um, yeah. the Whedon stuff stuck. Oh, out. you mean Justice League, right? Yeah, yeah. Justice League. Excuse me, I, I watched yeah. uh Justice League. The Whedon mm-hmm. stuff uh, stuck out like a sore thumb. The movie it was did, awkward, really and, did. and weird. The yeah. ending was not it, good. Like, as good as it was, it was jarring to compare to everything else. It yeah. Was, so, yeah. like, culturally, things come along on, on social... And there's this online social media movement. And now there's a four-hour version of the movie, which is not the version of the movie that we would have gotten in theaters. Right, right, no. This is and, not and, what and look, you would have seen. Like, you, if right. he had, had, had... If the tragedy in his family hadn't happened... This is not the movie that the studio would have put in the theaters uh, and allowed right. to be cut or whatever. So the very but, idea of it being a Snyder cut is a misnomer as it is. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think the Snyder cut that we have is is, is the cut that would have went went into the theaters in the first place if 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 Snyder hadn't no. left the uh, yeah. production. No, yeah. no. But look, I personally, I love that fans are getting more uh, power now that than we have the 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 ability to sway, um, or at least get what we want. You know what I mean? Like, um, look, Justice what a, League. What about the Sonic the Hedgehog thing? Well, see, that was mm, okay, okay, right? <laughs> that was that was just toxic whinging, really. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's not. Um... Well, okay. Where's the line? Is the next but here's question. The thing. They, well, well, I was just gonna say though, they did improve the look of Sonic. He he looks better. They did, right? Yeah, he, but, uh, he looks better. But the fact um, that the studio caved to that is so bizarre to me. You know, um, you said part part of that was toxic whinging. Yeah. So was a large bit of the Snyder cut. Uh, sure. online dialogue but like but no one I just don't it, it was toxic whinging for an outcome that you mm. wanted well yeah but, yeah but should we be forced or just allow movie studios to spoon feed us garbage we don't we we don't want that's not gonna change <laughs> well yeah i know but if we have the the power to to alter that which it seems like we are slowly, in some ways, possibly getting that. How is that a bad thing? 
Um, well, it's kind of like, I don't know, it reminds me of, uh, it's weird to talk about this in the context of comic book movies, but in the social media era, I think that it's not going to be strictly contained to this. I mean, like, cancel sure. culture yeah, is, not yeah, that, no, no. is not that far off from yeah. whinging yeah, look, about the Snyder Cut. It is, look, it, it does depend on the circumstances and, and, and the individual uh, thing that's being cam- campaigned for and how, how it's done. But personally, I just, I just don't think that studios listening to the fans more is a bad idea. I, I really yeah. don't. It's just to me, uh, and by the way, when I talk about like cancel culture, I'm saying like cancel culture has had some positive outcomes. Sure. And yeah. you're talking about, the, we have all these sayings about the wisdom of the mob or the lack mm-hmm. of wisdom of the mob for well, yeah. a reason. Yeah, because can, cancel culture has gone after people who, in the end, didn't deserve yeah. it. Um, that 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 has happened. Um, it's so, just yeah. it's very strange to me. And the other thing too, the like, there are different facets to it depending on the context of the thing. So the Snyder Cut to me. I mean, the th- the thing I always felt was, didn't these people see Batman versus Superman, mm. or Man well, of Steel? Thing too. Yeah, because when I heard about it, okay, look, I Zack Snyder is a great cinematographer. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's terrific visually. I don't like his storytelling. I just don't. So when I heard that they were releasing the Snyder Cut. One, I was stunned. I was like, you know that Jeff Goldblum meme from Jurassic Park? The, you, you did it, you crazy son of a bitch. You, you, you did it. That that was me. The sense the reason I was that, like, that we could doesn't necessarily mean that we should. <laughs> exactly, though, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think, think of that. Both of those memes apply here because that's essentially what I'm saying now. It's like, okay, so they, they released the Snyder Cut, but... That doesn't mean it's going to be any good, right? Yeah, I, like I'm, I'm comparing all of these because to me they are all similar. Uh oh, oh, there you are. You came back. To me, they are all similar uh, representations of the same mechanism of power that social yeah. media has. And okay. sure, there are positive payoffs uh, from time yeah. to time. I think yeah, and I'm not I, I think especially that it can be awful and ugly. I don't, I don't deny that at all. Yeah, um, I always speak too broadly. I know some people enjoyed Batman versus Superman. Some people yeah. enjoyed Man of Steel. Those people, I'm sure, are overjoyed yes. um, that they got to get the Snyder cut. And I've heard from people who some people have loved it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard from some people it's it's terrific and the best of those three mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah. but I'm just saying. It's bizarre to me. This it's a new era where okay. yes, we have yeah. this power as a community that yeah. is often uh, to me the Sonic one is less clear cut, right? Yeah. So yes, it's Sonic, Absolutely. and yes, the 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 vision of yeah. him is disturbing. But what's weird to me is like, um, understand? I acknowledge that I'm saying this about about yeah. Sonic. But I, uh, the the idea of a studio or an artist or a director needing to have a creative vision in advance, um, and to, and one that may that people may not necessarily necessarily realize they want, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is 
is, it can now go out the window. If that was that sure. director's vision of Sonic, if enough people now sure. come along and say, like, this looks terrible. Yeah, but we're talking about one, like, a, a visual aspect. It wasn't story. It wasn't, you know. I mean, but, but look at the Snyder yes, cut. Yes, it could have been the way the way the, the director wanted to. Sure. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest that that kind of power can't be wielded in a toxic way or it could be damaging. I'm just saying that I think it's good that movie studios are now aware that they can't spoon feed us bullshit and and we're we're just gonna swallow it like i like that yeah i'm just sort of all over the map on it and i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying Mm -hmm. the i think that that there are scary sides to all of this too absolutely absolutely and i i totally acknowledge that there's a 100 lonnie and i are watching um the west wing slowly and okay. uh, there's a bit in there. I hear good good things. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a uh, it's a democratic progressive utopia show that will never yeah, exist. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's something that's nice about that. It's a warm, comfy blanket mm-hmm. if you're a yeah. progressive democrat. But there's a scene in the, the the show where one of the people gets in an argument with um, a conservative senator over her cutting funding to the National Endowment for the Arts, which is a program in the United States that gives money to artists. I don't remember the the, the way it specifically works. And she is um, uh, specifically listing um, Maplethorpe-like art exhibits that the money used to go to. And she wants to cut the money and put it towards park security which like the national parks in this country mm-hmm. uh, like na- art is one thing uh, i don't know it's a different debate uh but she keeps listing you know there was the guy who uh filled jars with urine and put crucifixes in it and um this was in the late 80s early 90s here i think um okay. uh and and showed that as an art exhibit and whatever that he thought that was commentary on and it was deeply yeah. offensive and there were protests because maybe that guy uh got government money to go and do that okay. um and one of the the other character toby the other character in uh the episode says that taxpayers sometimes uh need to have their money spent on things that they don't want or wouldn't vote for because it's a net cultural good you know um art that i don't like uh um acidic art experimental art uh, things that are not necessarily mainstream or not uh wanted by the group think um needs to be created and needs to be put out there you know in a weird way, like we talk about, um, I, I was reading an article today about how um, online search algorithms are homogenizing public taste and consumption, and yeah. and can insulate like tribalism is further enforced because the algorithm will only show you things that you were going to click on or were interested in anyway. So if you're conservative, you see more conservative news stories. You see uh, yeah. news stories, so forth. In a weird way, we're acting as an algorithm uh, through social yeah. media as a group on yeah. art. Now, yeah, it's, yeah. now I realize I'm using that term on Sonic the Hedgehog and yeah. 
Like, specifically for the Snyder Cut, though, people were campaigning for Zack Snyder's vision of, of uh, Justice League. Um, so it was a specific artistic vision. Um, yeah, I would he's, say, he's like, a positive people... example of this working. I agree with that. Right, right. It's like um, with season eight of Game of Thrones, there was literally a petition for uh, HBO and... Um, um, David Benioff and D.B. Wise to basically take it back and do it again. Now, to me, as much as I disliked that season, I thought that petition was ridiculous because at the end of the day, David Benioff and D.B. Wise did the season. Yeah, they season made their they, they to, made uh, their version. Um, exactly. The, yeah. the Force Awakens and uh, what was the second? The Last Jedi. The yeah. was it yeah, the Ryan, Last Jedi? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, I believe, was supposed to write and direct the third one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if um, I remember correctly, the public outcry against him on social media... Yeah, that was, was part of the reason why he didn't... There were people that loved that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, it was it was yeah. extremely polarizing. Um, I, I had no feelings about it. I was The online dialogue just ruined the movie for I me. Can't, I can't feel strongly about Star Wars in general because I'm just a casual fan. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, care, I'm so. I'm in that same boat where I just I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing of it is, is like that's a like. If you look at the three movies, the Force Away, uh, the first, uh, the first one and the second one are the ones that have real voice. And whatever you thought of what Ryan Johnson was trying to do in that movie, mm-hmm. he was trying to do something. He had. Right, there yeah. are ideas in that film. There are yeah. themes in that film. The first movie is a um, a fun adventure retelling of the Star Wars: A New Hope. The right. Ryan Johnson's version. Oh, and your video froze, Jack. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So did yours, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're coming in and Tech- out right technical now. Technical problems. Yeah, we're experiencing <laughs> technical difficulties. Ryan Johnson's versions for whatever, whatever you think of the the outcome, and I have very few feelings about the outcome. Yeah. It so. is full of ideas. Sure. There like is he, a vision. He made it there. his own, and and there is something to respect in that. Yeah. He, he made it his own as much as you, as much as you disagree. He, he could have just done the full-on fan service crap, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of people would have loved yeah. that. And there is some fan service in that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, there is a bit, yeah. Um, and the weird thing the original... is, that movie did well, if I remember correctly. I don't have the box office figures I, in front of me. I, I think they all did re- reasonably well enough to be called successes, yeah. Uh... Um, yeah, I don't think... I mean, because what is it? Um, they need to get... Um, their 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 budget plus a half back or something. Yeah, the last uh, Jedi did one point three billion dollars. <laughs> well, there we go. A Force Awakens, uh, the Force Awakens did two billion dollars. Rise of yeah. Skywalker did one billion dollars, and Rogue One, a Star Wars story, did one billion dollars. Which is kind of like <clears throat> that and Solo were like Star Wars indie films. And that's basically, I mean, Dis- Disney got their money back alone just for them really for what they paid yeah. for um yeah um Luke, Luke, lucasfilm so i'm just saying it wasn't you know the money and if i remember correctly last jedi was pretty well reviewed it's just there was an online mob yeah that yeah wielded a big stick 
See, I was surprised. And to me, that's I... that's the negative example of this mechanism right. that we're talking about. Yes, there are the Zack Snyder cut yeah. stories yeah. in this. Yeah, I get you. I was see, I was surprised when I saw the Last Jedi because I was expecting it to be awful because of all the the discourse online. And I watched it. And I'm like, it's fine. I mean, it wasn't great. I didn't love it, but it was fine. I didn't hate it. You know. Yeah, I heard um, um, great reviews from. Uh, yeah. Um, critics that I that I listen to that are very outspoken Star Wars uh, aficionados, and then I heard negative reviews. Um, yeah, you know. But the thing is, like, especially culturally, and when it comes to like that sort of mob uh, uh, mentality, the most mm-hmm. outraged, the people at the deepest uh, fringe parts of the spectrum, are the ones that speak the loudest. Yeah. So let's say seventy five percent of the ones. That, go ahead. They're also the ones that get listened to the most. Yeah, um, because it's more, it's more salacious. It's more, you know, interesting. And that that mechanism of power that we're wielding on social media does is not an yeah. elegant one. It's not a scalpel. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, yes, it can be wielded in such a way that's bad and sure. damaging and yeah. negative, but. I just love that we can get listened to yeah. these days. I'm more, I guess I'm more afraid of it than I am inspired by it. I, is, is kind of uh, yeah. the, my feelings about it. I would say I'm the opposite. I, I'm, you know, no, I'm more for it than I am against it. But um, yeah, the original point I was going to make though, is just that um, David Ayer's uh, Suicide Squad, look, he has shown time and time again that he makes good, good films. So, I just refuse to believe that that was his uh, cut, and so I fully, I fully support the release the air cut move movement because I think, I think there was a good film in there. I really, truly believe that, but I think um, there was meddling by either the studio or DC. Somebody came in and was like, "No, let's let let's chop this and mix and match." And I feel like it was a Frankenstein composition of a few few different versions of the, the yeah film. i i think it actually had yeah. uh, was edited by several different studios yeah um, um there was an opening sequence yeah the opening sequence i i heard was ed- ed- edited by a company that specifically does tra- trailers which i thought was a weird choice and you can tell mm-hmm. lo- looking at it because it does play like a trailer it plays like a long tra- trailer it's very strange yeah like a music video Mm. um so this suicide squad you're interested i'm i'm interested i'm i'm on board i'm very excited uh james gunn from what i saw the uh, trailer anyway it looked like he knocked it out out of the uh park and i i i have faith in in him and i have faith in the studio and dc this time because of the negative reaction of the the last one i think they're too too scared to screw it up again it didn't look too um it's interesting watching that. You said the same thing that I thought when I watched it was like, "Oh, this is so James Gunn," yeah. Um, yeah. and it's specifically his use of music is yeah. um, really effective, but such a distinctive fingerprint of his. Yeah, um, yeah. He's also um, he just does fun really well. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of the movies of his that. Um, I've seen Slither. What was that horror movie we saw with the kid? 
Bright Brightburn. Bright yeah, we watched Brightburn. Was that James Gunn? I think so, yeah. Wow, uh, okay, I didn't realize. I think he wrote it and someone else might have directed it. Um okay. there's some something something funny about uh yeah. that particular one. And then the two Guardians movies and now this. And it's interesting. Yeah. He almost has a Quentin Tarantino like distinction distinctiveness to his stuff where uh yeah. you see the trailer and you go, Oh, that's very um, and I love that it's that on superhero films. I'd be interested to, to like watch um, Slither and then watch, say, Garn- Guardians of the Galaxy to, to try and pick the similarities. Because to me, they're night, night and day I think, like films because, you know, you know, one's a comic book film and one's a horror movie. I so. think it's the sense of humor and the, the sensibilities. Um, right. Because Slither is very tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it in a long, a long while, but it is yeah. what I remember. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. I uh uh I didn't love I like I didn't love Deadpool the super graphic uh violent approach. See, I'm into that stuff. I'm big you know, on the I'm big on the feels and the heroes. So, so am I. I mean, you can like, like both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I yeah. like one and not the other is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, and I I we watched Guardians and I kind of. Mm-hmm remember guardians not really connecting with me and i watched it and there are feels moments in there yeah uh, in both of those movies there are you know i'm mary poppins y'all there are um yeah. see i f- i found deb deadpool 2 to be vastly more emotionally resonant than uh, yeah it has the end of it so i don't know yeah. why those movies um don't mm. connect with me but they compared to the other ones um mm. yeah they don't i kind of struggle with it to me, yeah, Civil War, the cap, the two last Cap movies are still the pinnacle of the, the MCU. I would say, like, feelsy with the MCU. I mean, the end of Endgame gets me, like, Tony Stark and then Cap. That that sucks me in big, yeah. big time. And Infinity War as, as, yeah. as well, I guess. And those are all really earned, um, hmm. really, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested. I think... Um, I understand um, the the negative discourse surrounding it and game. I'm, I mean, I get it, but for me, it just it, it it worked as a good payoff for me. So that's why I liked it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm down. I'm I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it looks good to me. Uh, before we get into the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I'm at Ian Nitrum on Twitter. And I'm at lack, lack of surprise one. That's all one word with the number one at the end. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and keep us flush with fear of failure and dissonant Austin experiences, you can do so at patreon.com slash passion of the nerd. With the $5 and up club, you can join us in the hangout on April 3rd, 5 p.m. Eastern time for the rewatch, then 6.30 for the hangout itself. We will be watching and talking about Buffy season five, episode seven, Fool for Love. Uh, we limit the seats uh, in the conversation to 10 people, so check the Patreon page for when to join. If you can't mm-hmm. ma- make it, the replays can be found on a playlist over on the main channel. You can also help us out by grabbing yourself something from passionofthenerd.com forward slash store. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all that stuff you'd, you'd expect to find. You can grab yourself something and that would help, help us out a bunch. All right, let's uh, go to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone. 
written by Terry Boda, Chapter 42. Buffy walked over to Tara, who was sitting vigil over her lover and the catatonic vampire. Any change? Tara shook her head. No, I'm sorry, Buffy, but I'm sure Willow is doing everything she can to bring Spike back. It just might take some time. We don't have time, and every minute glory has dawn, the less of it we have. Tara frowned. I know, but... Buffy, Giles called. Turning her head, the Slayer walk, looked at her watcher inside. Let me know if she so much as twitches, she said to Tara. Tara nodded and gave her a watery smile. What did you find? she asked. Giles hesitated, then haltingly answered. Well, according to these scrolls, there is a better way to stop glory. Buffy waited for him to continue, but when he finally did, his voice was awkward and unsure. I'm afraid it... Buffy, I've read these scrolls very carefully. There's not much margin for error. Do you understand what I'm saying? Might help if you actually said it, she replied dryly. Glory plans to open a dimensional portal by way of a ritual bloodletting, he told her sadly. Dawn's blood. Yes. Once the blood is shed, at a certain time and place, the fabric separating all realities will be ripped apart. Dimensions will pour into one another with no barriers to stop them. Reality as we know it will be destroyed and chaos will reign on Earth. So how do I stop it? The portal will only close once the blood is stopped, and the only way for that to happen is... He paused, then looked directly at Buffy and said grimly, Buffy, the only way is to kill Dawn. Buffy gave him a blank stare, then set her jaw. Not an option. Give me something else. Buffy, we might not have any choice. Explain it to me again, she insisted, calmly and slowly. The key was living energy. It needed to be channeled, poured into a specific spot at a specific time. With all attendant ritual, of course, the energy would flow into that spot, the walls between dimensions would break down, it stops. The energy is used up and the walls come back. Glory uses the time to get back to her dimension, not caring that all manner of hell will be unleashed on Earth in the meantime, Giles answered. But only for a little while, right? The walls will come back. No more hell, Anya interrupted. But that's only if the energy is stopped. And now that the key is human, it is dawn, Tara replied, proving to the others that she was listening from her spot on the floor. The blood flows. The gates will open, the gates will close when it flows no more, Giles recited from the scroll. That will be when Dawn is dead. Why blood? Why is it Dawn's blood? Why couldn't it be like a lymph ritual? Xander huffed, upset. Because blood is life, Tara whispered. There was a pause as everyone digested what she had just said, then Buffy moved on. Okay, pretty simple math here. We stop Glory before she can start the ritual. There's still a few hours, right? If my calculations are right, but Buffy... I don't want to hear it. I understand that, he tried again. No, you don't understand. We're not talking about this, she yelled. Yes, we bloody well are, Giles yelled back, standing up. If Glory begins the ritual... If we can't stop her... Buffy stepped up to him, defiant and enraged. Say it! Come on, we're bloody well talking about this. Tell me to kill my sister... She's not your sister, he reminded softly. No, she's not. She's more than that, Buffy stopped, trying to find the right word. More than family, 
my sister, my, my daughter. She's your sister and your daughter? Xander said, confused. She's me. The monks made her out of me. I hold her and I feel closer to her than... It's more than just memories they built. It's physical. It's... Dawn is a part of me. The, the only part that I... She stopped, unable to go on. Tara left her place by Willow and Spike's side and came over to hug her. We'll stop this. We will, the young witch promised. Buffy, if the ritual starts, every living creature in this and every other dimension imaginable will suffer unbearable torment and death, including Dawn, Giles said sadly. Then the last thing she'll see is me protecting her. Giles shook his head. You'll fail. You'll die. We all will. I'm sorry. I, I, I love you all, but I'm sorry. Anya raised her hand. Okay, all in favor of stopping Lori before the ritual. Uh, suggestions, ideas, time's a waste. And Oh, Willow. I, I bet Willow's got some dark spell at Bruin. Make her a toad, little hoppy toad, and then we'll uh, hit her with a hammer. What about Ben? He can be killed, right? I mean, I know he's an innocent, but, you know, not like Dawn innocent. We could kill a regular guy, Xander offered, then hung his head with Giles when Giles looked at him. God. It's doubtful he'll survive again this close to the ritual, especially after the night's failed assassination attempt. We have to expect it's glory we're dealing with, Giles countered. Anya began to panic. Well, somebody come up with something. Should we join Essences and, and become Super Slayer again? Xander suggested. That worked against Frankenbot, but to kill a true god, I don't think it's enough, and I need you guys conscious, Buffy replied with a sad shrug. But we don't have to kill her, just stop her from performing the ritual. I mean, there's just one time she can do it, right? Tara said. Yeah, we get her on the ropes. We, we just got to keep her occupied until it's too late, Xander enthused. Okay, but I'm still not hearing enough ideas. She's a god. Let's think outside the box. Anya, apart from your incredibly uninfectious enthusiasm, have you anything to contribute? Any ideas on how to fight a god? Giles commented testily. How about we don't pick on my... Uh, Xander began... Anya cut him off. The the, Dag the Dagon Sphere, the ex-demon piped up. Sorry? When Buffy first met Glory, she found that magical glowy sphere that was meant to repel Glory. We've got it in the basement. It might drive her back or hurt her. Oh! She ran across the room and waved at the troll hammer. And Olaf the troll god's enchanted hammer. You want to fight a god, use the weapon of a god. Buffy crossed to it and picked it up, hefting it easily. I like this. Built for squashing. Anya cheered, waving her fist. Good heft to it. I might just have to do some damage with this. Thanks, Anya. Here to help. Want to live, came the simple reply. Well, we have some ideas and a little time to come up with some more. Could give Glory a decent run, but Giles said. They all looked to where Spike still lay motionless and staring with Willow, her eyes closed, sitting cross-legged next to him. But we still have no idea how to find her, Buffy murmured. Jack, Ian, we did it. We did it. Yeah, yeah, yet again, we're back in the groove. Hopefully, yeah. Well, fingers I mean, crossed. Touch wood. Three, 
three since the uh, uh, since coming back from break. Like, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. And yeah. like like we we did one a couple of days ago, and he, here we are with this one. This one might take a little longer to edit, but well, uh, it's it's funny yeah. too. Like the the conversation that we were having when this started is very similar to the conversation I have in my head when I start anything. Which was you and I were going, you know, we just did another one four days ago. Not a lot has yeah. happened. Like we don't have a lot to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And then we start doing the groundwork, nitty gritty, small decisions, yeah. doing the next thing, doing yeah. the next thing, doing the next thing. And here we are. We've been recording for two hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And I feel like every every time we say to each other, yeah, this one probably won't, won't be that, that long. We end up doing a long one. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah. quality concerns, I think, are less of an issue than uh, the work and doing the next one and getting better because that's how you get better over the long haul. Exactly. But it's and, it's and, funny. And... This, this is very representative of every single video I've created on the channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think... Um... Like you and I, you know, we're we're close. We're like you're one of my uh, best friends, and I think you and I, we just we just work together well. And I think um, that's why um, for some of this stuff, like while we were scripting and pre- preparing, I was like, you know, we can just riff this part yeah. because you know, you know we can. Well, and I also I think that's the the testament to the power of the accountability. Definitely yes, accountability yes. for each other, um, and the power of the magic of friendship. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, why don't we go ahead and end it there? Um, we, everyone, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Um, and please be kind to yourself this next week. We'll see you in seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Seven days. That was creepy.